0: Good morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for today. Uh, today, very special day. Talking to one of Rochester's brightest stars, quite frankly, Jamie Saunders, the president of United Way of Greater Rochester and the Finger Lakes now, as we will hear towards the uh, end of this interview. They recently merged with a few of the other United Ways to uh, to to maximize their abilities. But we'll, we'll get into that. Um, I uh, am actually out. As we speak, it is actually Saturday afternoon. It's yesterday. Still trips me up the way podcasts, right? Podcasts aren't live. So I say good morning, but it's afternoon. We're talking about today, but it's yesterday for you. But for me, it's right now, which means it's today, which means I've already done enough to break all of our brains on this podcast, and I apologize. Anyway. I'm out doing uh, Guglielmo sauce deliveries right now. I have been all over the place. I've been, um, I started this the morning at Schutz Apple Mill. I've been out all the way out to Sodus. They have a patent super duper out in Soda. Sells a surprising amount of sauce, I will say, in the summer especially. It's a little more touristy there in the summer. Um, where else have I been today? Amon's Farm Market, uh, Gentle's Farm Market, Park Lee, R's Market, Pittsford Dairy. Everywhere. Been everywhere today. Um, you know, that's the thing. I was going to mention that I don't actually do a lot of my own deliveries anymore. It is good for me to get my ass out here and and uh, do it from time to time. Still, I did it for years by myself. I, I did I, years. I mean, from 2014 until 2018, I believe. So about four years, I did every single delivery myself. Uh, Probably, I, I would say I did about 99% of deliveries myself. I had a the occasional, if she happened to be going that way, my wife might do one, or my brother-in-law also, for a, a brief little period of time, did a few deliveries. But for the most part, I did them myself. And then 2018, hired a delivery driver. He worked for me for a couple of years, actually still works for me, but now he's transitioned into uh, working for me at the actual manufacturing plant. And now, today, I have a wonderful delivery girl uh, named Maeve, who, fun fact, is actually the niece of Jamie Saunders, who is today's interview, right? Small world. And by the way, the two are not necessarily correlated. I know Jamie completely independently of Maeve, and um, it's uh, it's it, it, it just interesting. And and by the way, I use the terms delivery delivery guy, delivery girl. I need to get better at that kind of stuff. I need to get better at like corporate speak, right? It's not a it's not a delivery girl. It's a logistics specialist. Right. I remember years ago, I got a lesson on that from my program director. When I first moved to Rochester, I worked on uh, 106.7 KISS FM. And one of my responsibilities was what in plain language I would call lining up Seacrest. You might say, what are you talking about? Well, basically, Ryan Seacrest does middays, at least he used to. I don't know if he still does, but does middays for like every top 40 station owned by iheartmedia across the country and the way they accomplish that is they take ryan seacrest's morning show that he does in la they chop it up and then they send it out in audio chunks Uh, additionally each market gets the opportunity maybe once a year or so to send customized liners to ryan seacrest that he'll read so what I'm talking about is Ryan Seacrest might say something like it's one Oh six, seven kiss FM. It's one Oh six, seven kiss FM. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest on one Oh six, seven kiss FM, right? He'll just do like, like 20 of those back to back to back to back in all different sort of like energies and with all different types of like inflections. And, um, you then would take that the first piece You would then attach it to the second piece which would be the the actual content that they chopped up from his morning show so the next piece might be like a two minute long bit of him talking to you know olivia rodrigo about her latest single and then you would tag it at the end with him saying something like you know uh uh, more music on the way it's 1067 kiss fm right and and you would line them up together so we would have a log like a music log that would have You know songs in it and then at the end of a song I would I would line up those three pieces of audio Seacrest intro Seacrest content Seacrest outro well one day the big bosses were coming to town and I was invited to to talk to them I had a five minute basically meeting with the big bosses and um, my program director E-man Eric Anderson coached me and he said what are you gonna what are you gonna say you do here and I said, well, I'm going to say I line up Seacrest and I do afternoons and blah, blah, blah. And he says, don't say you line up Seacrest. And I said, no. Well, what do I say? And he goes, you are the local affiliate producer of On Air with Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> I went, okay. That's right. That's right. So I'm sorry. I apologize to Maeve and Nick and all of my delivery people. You are not delivery people. You are logistics specialists (laughs) i don't know i don't know i don't know okay well today is a, a a great interview this is really someone special i mean when you hear jamie saunders and we'll get into this in the interview her capabilities are you know sky high beyond jamie saunders could be the ceo of any company she wants when you sit with her you're in her presence Uh, It becomes almost immediately apparent that you're sitting with someone who is just hitting on all cylinders, uh, who is just, you know, and this is my self-consciousness, but who is just a a level above in terms of energy, intelligence, you know, capability, uh, predictability, right, forecasting, like she just gets it. This is just a special person who, as you'll hear in the interview, has been special her whole life, She's the type of person who started like, you know, clubs in, in middle school and high school. I think she even mentions in the interview that she was like the person who first brought recycling to Brighton High School and all that kind of stuff. You know, it, it like even after that, when she was young and she was in her early 20s, right? She like started a not-for-profit delivering leftover food from the public market to food shelters, places that needed food, homeless shelters, whatever, soup kitchens. I mean, this is the type of person who's just spent her whole life saying, "How can I help?" and bla- you know, trailblazing, just absolutely creating the way to help. And and you know, United Way being the sort of mecca, the top for charitable giving in in this area, in all areas. Uh, having her sit on top of that is just uh, really special. So, in this interview, we're going to talk about, uh, of course, her rise. We're going to talk about. Uh, the time she spent at Willow Domestic Violence Center. Um, We'll talk about a couple United Way things, like the merger I already mentioned. Another thing is, you know, Mackenzie Scott, who is uh, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, who uh, got a, a nice little chunk of change in the divorce, recently went through and donated millions and millions of dollars to to local charities and one of those was finger lakes uh goodwill goodwill of the finger lakes got 10 million dollar donation and then united way of greater rochester which got a 20 million dollar donation so jamie will tell us what it's like to get a phone call where somebody informs you they're about to give you 20 million dollars because it's uh it's an interesting story so i hope you enjoy it by the way just one thing looking forward peels on wheels He's back. Luis Perez, he's open. He has a restaurant now, pizzeria. I've already eaten there at least once. Uh, Peels on Wheels will be on the podcast next Sunday. But for now, enjoy my conversation with the great Jamie Saunders. I've, I'm already embarrassed. We are rolling, by the
1: way. Oh, okay, I,
0: I would tell you, and I feel bad because <laughs> the first thing I do is I ask you to hold the microphone, and then I realized you're Jamie Saunders. Uh-huh. Most people probably set up microphones in front of you, and here I come in with my Podunk b- book bag, and I'm like, I'm like, here, <laughs> hold your. Don't
1: make it seem like that. Your own mic. Here you go. <laughs> We're all human. Oh my gosh!
0: You know, I listen. You're on another level because uh, emailing to get in to see you. The, I received a confirmation for this podcast. Um, and they said that I should arrive at whatever time I should arrive and that I would be buzzed in and that my presence would be announced to Miss Saunders. And it sounded like the town, cry. like I just pictured. I
1: my cheeks are- hurt. <laughs> I pictured
0: someone was going to come to the hallway and be like, "Hey, yeah." Yeah, hey, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm going to say it's more about COVID safety than yes. about any regal uh, entrance. But we How also want to welcome you and make sure you feel comfortable when you come to United Way.
0: Well, I was welcomed. I felt great. It Good. was. It was. Gave it you was.
1: Refreshments.
0: I was given a refreshment. I was given. A, I was given hand sanitizer as well. I signed in. My presence is accounted for. Good. It's perfect.
1: We're going to keep that autograph. It's
0: almost like you know what you're doing. <laughs> well, thanks for thanks for letting us do this yeah. uh, you're an awesome person I'm honored to even know you I think it's really really cool to sit across mm. from you Wild. but I want to know how you become you so can we go all the way back to young Jamie for a uh, second?
1: Oh goodness me, that's, yeah. that is a ways away, Let's so that's a ways away.
0: You, uh, you're born and raised in Rochester?
1: Yeah, born and raised, actually I'm a 315-er by birth, so for those who know what that means, uh-huh. uh, is Wayne County. Okay. And then we relocated and I grew up in Brighton. So that's what, what did, uh,
0: what did mom in. and dad do for a living?
1: Yeah, uh, father was an entrepreneur, so he did, uh, sold tires in the corner store and then CB radios for folks who know what those are, and then was in the cell phone and uh, radio business. So he did rock community communications, go to The Rock, R-O-C, and that's where I cut my teeth on business. So learning about uh, really how to maintain a store, I would clean the shop, I was sweeping and doing the cash register very early, very young.
0: I love hearing about entrepreneur parents because like did you or did you get a sense from your dad of the roller coaster of what it's like the emotional roller coaster or or did he paint a perfect picture for his daughter because he didn't want you to know that things can get scary at times and then they're great at times and then scary again the
1: ebbs and flows so uh, we're in the 80s in this conversation which is when Kodak was still booming and everything revolved around the Kodak bonus in the springtime and uh, rock communications was right there right when cell phones came out I had the brick phone was Mm -hmm. my first cell phone uh, and the ebbs and flows of entrepreneurs, The you know what I learned from my dad is everybody's job matters and uh, he would make sure every single person who worked for him had a business card, the pride of a business card from the guy who cleaned the shop floor to the installer to the sales guys, everybody had a business card. He took everybody out to breakfast every Saturday morning because community matters and he would buy it, You breakfast, you could have uh, time with him and just talk shop and invest in families and I just saw that consistently that everyone matters and you, it's it's uh, every role contributes to the ultimate end. Uh, so, so you it's carry lessons.
0: that to to this day.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: I love it, like childhood lesson. So at what point did yeah. you end up in Brighton then?
1: Yeah, in Brighton. Uh, so I was eight years old. So if you really want to go back, eight years mm-hmm. old, and uh, and I think. You know, what I loved about Brighton is we were very close to the city of Rochester. Um, I was very inspired by how to engage and uh, solve challenges very early. Uh, my mother was in Manhattan, so she moved there and I would visit her once a month. Uh, it's been my summers in New York and you could see great disparities. Uh, I, you know, the people on the streets, uh, to those you could tell, were suffering and struggling. Uh, and I think the my story is merging of the two. So how do you merge? Uh, social change and caring about humanity and business and that's been my passion ever since
0: what was mom doing in manhattan
1: she went to be an actress uh and then ended up doing that she started an improv company uh and she still supports it to this day called artistic new directions you have
0: the coolest family
1: well and her day job is working for a very wealthy family as Uh. like the house coordinator uh but her passion is the arts
0: oh my god so i'm not gonna press you for it, but a family we would have heard of if you said it perhaps okay
1: oh my gosh <laughs> Perhaps. Freaking cool.
0: And, uh, so she goes, she's, she's going to go pursue this career yeah. as an actress. So I mean, how awesome is yeah. that, that you had two parents who, who forged ahead and did their own thing because
1: own to, thing. to tell
0: you the truth, I didn't necessarily have that. And I love my parents dearly, right? Yeah. I love them dearly. My parents were very safe. It was very, get a job and, and stay in that job and, and yeah. don't do anything to upset anyone. Cause yeah. you could lose this job. Right. And, but you didn't, you didn't, you had someone who said, just chase it, Jamie, it's just passion. Chase it.
1: Yeah. Um, and then find your passion. And I think now look Looking back on that, uh, particularly, I'll, I'll say for my father, so he's got four daughters and uh, none of us felt limited by our gender. And you think about the world uh, and it is limited and girls are taught a certain way and are, are yeah. differentiated. And it was a male dominated field. He was in race cars and he did, was very male dominated. And yet he never, uh, to, he continues to say you could do anything. And I, I think that's a testament. I think it matters. So all the dads out there and dads to be, yeah. uh, your daughters are watching uh, of how you treat others and uh, that impacts them professionally and personally. And I would say, I will tell you, the one family um, my mom did work for was Danny Kay and Sylvia Kay. So if you go back to White Christmas and you look back at old movies, that was her family, but now she's with a different one.
0: Cool. Um, yeah. Um, how, did, when you, how did your dad address that? Did he, did he address that head on and say, listen, Jamie, you know, you're know you a girl, things are going to be different? Or, or it was no. just he lived it he, he just, just
1: lived it, it. He, you you're here you're at the cash register you're here you're working this event you're yeah. here uh, uh, we would attend my sister Nicole who also is an entrepreneur uh, she you know we would just go to all the customer service trainings we had exposure to the way businesses operated uh, there was a awful fire and we thought we sat there in the, the business everything burned at the store and then to watch it literally rise from the ashes to something new uh, you just you, those are forever memories and you just learn grit and tenacity and Important it is just to wake up the next morning and keep going.
0: Resilience, right? Like just keep going. In
1: retail, six days a week. It doesn't stop. Uh, And (laughs) constant work. Yeah, do you know anything about that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, believe me. But if there's anything I get, it's the idea of every once in a while you just have a day where it's like, just get to tomorrow. We're just going to survive it. That's right. The win here is here tomorrow.
1: That's exactly right. Oh, boy. So my my passion has been uh, watching that, you know, I think the best social program, you've heard the adage, is a job. So how do you have a fulfilling job? I think people want to work. They want work that they care about. They feel valued. There's a lot of commonalities. But my passion is in nonprofits and bringing those skills to the nonprofit space. And I think there's a misunderstanding that nonprofits don't make money. That doesn't work. You need teams. You need all the same similar principles. We just say you have a double bottom line, which is you are also trying to do social good and take care. Of humans, where there's not necessarily paying for that service. So when I look at how do you marry entrepreneur social innovation to public good, that's where my passion lies. So I, you know, I think Brighton. I think also our educators out there giving people like me a shot. You know, those school mm-hmm. clubs matter. Yeah, uh, can they we talk gave about me, the school clubs? They gave me a lot of runway uh, to do wild things. So I remember
0: know. from interviewing you last time. Yeah, didn't you start like you started like an array of, of initiatives of clubs. and clubs. And, well, and
1: in yeah. the COVID cleaning, cause we're all quarantined in our homes, all these house projects, I found like a proposal I gave to our principal in 1993 <laughs> of trying to launch recycling at the time, which now it's, it's booming. It's just amazing. They're going to zero waste. Superintendent McGowan's amazing. Yeah. But I think it's just finding an opportunity and having adults in your life who say go for it and that matters. So the best opportunities are given and when young people are believed in and mm-hmm. Uh, and I just am so grateful for so many who gave me a shot.
0: So you're in like middle school and high school, and you do you start this array of clubs and, and yeah. initiatives and what whatever.
1: Women's clubs, yeah. Tell me about environmental a few of those clubs. Things. Um, well, one that I what I think was more impactful on me. Uh, where you started thinking you're doing good for the world and then you realize how much you get out of it when you do good, and I think that that continues to this day, uh, was, a, it was a group around uh, Rochester awareness and we connected with different schools. So I met kids from School of the Arts, School Without Walls, from Edison, from East. Like It was just such an amazing uh, group of individual students who wanted to do good in the world and it showed that even within your boundaries of Brighton, there were commonalities, there were challenges, there were differences and there were similarities. So uh, that was really powerful. Uh, Uh, and I learned a lot. Um, And really what I learned was how much I didn't know. (laughs) So, and that continues. The more I learn, the more I realize there's so much more I need to learn. Um, But from just really, uh, if you think back in history in the 90s, uh, we had the race riots were happening, Rodney King was happening, OJ was happening, all sorts of things were happening and the world was confusing and the Cold War was ending, but it was just a very dynamic time and how do you make the world and then your community a place where you wanna raise your family and kids have a life
0: so you start doing good for others like what mm. you're talking about your father's an entrepreneur how how did yeah. you how did the trigger go off in your head that you were going to go towards doing this social good you're, you're interested in making people feel good because you yeah. obviously have the ability if you wanted to be the CEO of some multi 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 million dollar mm. company where it's just about profit 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 right yeah uh, but you didn't choose that path you chose this path like where does that turn that seems yeah. like it started real young
1: it did start real young uh, So I grew up in Brighton, which uh, I am not Jewish, but it's a very powerful, very close um, Jewish community, right? Um, And I will tell you, it was very um, learning about the Holocaust, meeting survivors of the Holocaust, and I couldn't believe such atrocities existed. And then I was reading other books, and I saw films and a documentary around human trafficking, which was all across the globe and, candidly, is still pretty vibrant, unfortunately, now in this day and age, including our community. And that awakening, I couldn't sleep at night knowing that others were suffering and I was in Brighton and suburban and I wasn't worried about food on the table, it didn't make sense. So, uh, you know, I started with hunger and that uh, food link was my first job. I, you know, in terms of the, on this trajectory, it wasn't my first job. First job was at a library, Brighton library, <laughs> <laughs> <love that>
0: library. <laughs> and food
1: service. Cause I think everybody should work in food service yes. and uh, I'm actually hiring for a senior level position here. And I keep digging until I can find out if they've done food service. Cause well, it what did matters. You do? Were you a server
0: or back at house or what?
1: coffee? Oh, I served, man. I'm not that great of a cook, but, um, <laughs> and try to bartend is, and my family members, my niece. Is a you know bartends and you got to have a good memory. You got to deal with customers. You got to be versatile. You got to be a hard work. A hustle, hustle,
0: hustle, you're and
1: off. always the best you know face forward. So and, and I think can it's you good. tell?
0: Can I ask you this question? Uh, no names obviously but, but when you when you go out you do a lot of lunches dinners yeah. right? You, I picture Jamie Saunders a lot of power lunches a lot of power uh, dinners yeah. right uh-huh. movers and shakers have you ever been out to lunch and dinner before with people and you just know they've never worked in a restaurant
1: <laughs> and you can just tell
0: by their etiquette right and you're just like oh my
1: god yeah as the serving staff um, usually I'm actually yeah. looking at the server asking what their goals are and uh, seeing if I can hire them or find them another gig long term
0: I've heard you and might I, have and long-term.
1: I ask them if they've got health insurance I just want to know yes and there are servers who've been Forever, and you can tell that too. I actually was recently um, at the Erie Grill for a breakfast with a fabulous, generous donor, but the woman did, the waitress took no notes. And took four orders, and they were unique orders. And I was like, "You," and she was fabulous. And I was like, "You have been doing this; she goes twenty years." But <laughs> she loves it for a whole host of reasons. But I, you could just tell something's really, really good. That's
0: next level. I, <laughs> I, I had to write it all down. Did you have to write it? Too. Oh my god! Oh I yeah. Remember it at all? Uh uh-uh. uh I would, as I would walk away from the table, I would have forgotten, forgotten all right.
1: I'm thinking about four other things at <laughs> uh-huh. the same time. It's <laughs> so true. <laughs> so, um, it's so true. But it's good recruitment tactic. So yeah.
0: you, you were starting to talk about the working for Link. If I remember right yeah. last time we talked you had a story about the founder of food link Uh-oh. that you started something right had to do yeah. with the public market uh-huh. and that it was and it was an awesome it was like an a for effort your heart was in it it was great but didn't the didn't the guy from food link <laughs> yep. tell you that you were the problem
1: uh, yes he did is that true How <laughs> did, is I'm true. getting that
0: wrong I'm sure but no what?
1: you're very very good so Tom Ferraro yeah. um, and there are all these people you know in terms of if you can be open to um, there's a difference between sponsors and mentors and mentors, I think, guide you through your career and are your counsel. And then there's sponsors who like see something in you and they give you a shot. And then it's you, you make it or break it. And Tom Ferraro was that for me. Uh, he is the founder of Food Link. He has since passed on, uh, but he I, I, I attribute so much to him. Uh, and when I came back, bright eyed and bushy tailed to come back here to Rochester after graduating from college in California, came back to be an aunt and uh, was working food service, working in some nonprofits, and then uh, in my Spare time, created this nonprofit, which was Food Rescue. We'd go to the public market, get volunteers. We would take whatever the farmers didn't sell, take it to soup kitchens, cook it, because clearly nobody was doing anything to help feed people. This is my 21-year-old hubris. Created a 501c3, had an attorney, a whole thing. And in the paper, cover story, Tom Ferraro says, well-meaning, they're perpetuating the problem. So my was, was... that heartbreaking? It was that? heartbreaking, yeah. and I share that story because so many now, I think to this day, I have two to three calls a week where wonderfully well-intended people wanna do good and create a nonprofit and reach out to United Way. And I share that story of there are 4,800 nonprofits in Monroe County right now, go help them. Uh, but I get it, because you come from passion, and I did too. And Tom, to his credit, when I called him and said, Basically, I, I said that he was a horse's ass. I don't understand, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to do did you here. call him and get I met. did, yeah, and we had know. a meeting, yeah. and I said, this is what I'm trying to do. And then he said, that's what you're trying to do? He's like, I got 3,000 pounds of food if that's what you want to do. And so he invested in us, and then uh, he recruited me, um, and he said, come be my executive assistant. And I said, no, thank you. And then he said, come run our ch- uh, children's cafe program, just getting started, feed a lot of young kids um, in the city school, and start our kitchen. I said, sure. And then he kept giving me chance after chance after chance, Um, and that's the beauty of nonprofits. So I, you know, it's it's this belief that people end up in nonprofits because they can't make it in the corporate world, and that is false. uh, To false, false, false. People go to get educated. There's degrees in it now. Nonprofits provide such an array of opportunity. So here I am, 22, 23, 24, 25. So I end up being the chief operating officer by the time it's all said and done. I got to do HR facilities, I got to learn about finance, I got to learn legal, I got to learn everything because you just have to, because there aren't, there's not the bench. And so the opportunity, if you're hungry and you wanna learn, uh, you're driven, it's a, it's a great place to be. And the entrepreneurial part I liked because at a food bank, which is what FoodLink is, is rescuing food from businesses. So you had to understand business, you had to be responsive, customer oriented, and then get it out to people who need it.
0: I want to fast forward and get to get to Willow, yeah. And obviously, get to United Way, but mm-hmm. I do want to do one last thing on this to sort of because now we're going to transition into the part of your life where you just go uh. right, you just skyrocket. <laughs> but but the thing about you said that somebody gave you a chance and and you t- and for you it was the founder of FoodLink yeah. gives you a chance mm-hmm. and you took it and you seized it. What would you say to somebody who is who is they're working their tail off and mm-hmm. maybe they're spinning in circles and they're just they're look like, where is my break? Where is my when am I? What, how do I find? How do I yeah. recognize my break. What's your advice for that person?
1: Yeah, I don't know if we actually recognize the break when it's happening. Yeah, cuz you, know? you, you originally case, called him a horse's ass. He really he really ticked me off. I was offended, yeah, yeah. and yet I learned so much from him and he just could see talent and fire, right? Fire mm-hmm. in the belly, and I think, you know, as I know you you look for that too. You're just mm-hmm. always looking for You can teach the skills, you can't teach the fire and the passion. And so when you see that in someone, then give them a shot and then mold it. So for those who are passionate and looking and may not know which direction to go in, you put yourself out there. So it wasn't in my traditional jobs that I was getting promoted. I was volunteering and doing something I was passionate about, which opened a huge door for me in this whole path that I went on. And there's just ways, it's putting yourself out there. I know they say networking, meet people. You know, It is getting out of your comfort zone, but you don't have to go walk up to strangers. Just get in a place that is an environment where it's something that you're passionate about. So, whatever industry it's, it is, whatever area, just put yourself out there. And those are opportunities, including when there's no's. So, you know, I've applied for jobs that I didn't get in my career, and I am so grateful. <laughs> But at the mm-hmm. time, I was like, how did they not hire me? And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, got it. That wasn't my thing.
0: But I'm, I'm so glad to hear you yeah. say that because people, they probably do look at you. And I know it's, and you're a humble mm. person, so it's hard to look at you and say Yeah, see I don't Jamie. really
1: it at all how you're describing <laughs> me whatsoever right now, but go ahead. <laughs> but, but you know, somebody probably looks
0: at you and they mm-hmm. don't realize you've heard no before, right? I've heard no before. We all have. Absolutely. Yeah. All the more than yes, quite <laughs> frankly. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Food Link, you uh, jumped to, it wasn't called Willow at the time. Nope, Alternatives
1: for Battered Women. Right. Yeah, actually it was Food Link and then I, while I was there, went and got my master's. So I drove to Syracuse and back to Maxwell School and got my master's while working at FoodLink.
0: How long did you drive back? Was uh, that it was a year, a year and a
1: half. One. I try. It could have been if I went full time, it would have been shorter. Um, so I did. I do give credit to FoodLink because I said I just need to do this. I need to learn more so I could be more effective. Um, and I crammed it in. Uh, I, it's not ideal because you want to, you know, really, if you're going back to school, like you should immerse yourself. Maxwell's amazing program. Uh, it just I learned constantly every single day, and then I was fortunate enough to be in a position to apply it right away uh, because of my role at FoodLink. But at a point I said, I I feel like it's we're just on an ongoing giving food out. There was a never ending cycle. So I ended up at the Center for Governmental Research, which is also a nonprofit, but it's data, it's a think tank. We would counsel and advise groups and communities and towns and villages all over New York State. So that was like the best graduate school. That was practical, it was humbling, Uh, it was trying to solve really complex problems through data. But in doing that, I said, I do a lot of research and I advise a lot of people, but I don't get to implement after I learn all these projects and solutions. I'm not in the position to implement. I looked to be on a board of directors uh, and Alternatives for Battered Women was looking and I said, oh, I'll, I'll look into that. As I was being interviewed to be on the board, uh, the governance chairs, um, he was describing that they were in debt, they had a building that was they'd owned for eight years that was vacant and falling to pieces, they needed to get out where they were, uh, and their leader just left. And I said, I think I might wanna try solving those problems, and I said, would it be a conflict if I threw my hat in the ring to be director? It wasn't my intent. Uh, but listening to them describe it, I thought I could add value. I don't have a background in social work, I don't have any d- background in domestic violence, and they gave me a shot, um, but it was hard. They told me I was the, I, I had to really earn that because you were the dark horse. I was the dark mm-hmm. horse, I and it wasn't something I was looking for, But I just thought this is not around, you can hire the experts in domestic violence and counseling and social work. My job was to try to align the organization to right size it and that's where you have to have the business principles to come back into it. Uh, And that was just an amazing amazing run and we changed it to Willow Domestic Violence Center because men also experience abuse.
0: Yeah, what is Willow? Where did that come from? Like changing the name. What is changing
1: the name was not easy of a forty-year-old organization, and uh, our founders, uh, you know, are still here and very active and honoring that legacy. Um, But I was at the court. We have a court program, and uh, Willow does, and we well ABW at the time. And I remember this woman covered in bruises, and just talking to her, and she said uh, she didn't come in because she didn't think she was battered enough. And I remember thinking, our name is a problem, our name is a problem. And there was also a suburban male from Pittsburgh uh, who was there and are seeking an order of protection and he said, I'm humiliated every time I have to walk under that sign, Alternatives for Bettered Women. So that was enough, uh, but it took a 18 months process, and our town is amazing. So the guys at Truth Collective, I just give them a shout out because they did it for chocolate chip cookies. I just said, I need your help, and they were in it and helped us come up with the name. Willows bend but do not break. A fall, a branch can fall and grow into a new tree. Uh, and it's not gender specific. So that's, that's where we end up. That's beautiful. You know, yeah.
0: I, I learned I, I never knew that. I that's never. That's it, yeah. That's great. I'm so glad you By shared that. But the
1: business that. doing something tremendous, right? So yeah. then you got these entrepreneurs. Truth Collective was just getting started at that time. And they took us on pro bono. They're like, ah, oh, this will be easy, Two, two, three three months. Uh, and it took 18 and a lot of emotion. And then we got to where we needed to be, so.
0: So let's jump to United Way. You do that for how long? And then how does the United Way thing come to be? What's the first phone call? You call them, they call you. What happens?
1: First phone call. That's a funny story. (laughs) Um, So I would say at Willow, uh, we ended up uh, focusing on a capital campaign, so we raised $8 million. We did a full project. I mean, I was building this amazing uh, state-of-the-art shelter and counseling center onset pet program. Like, it was great. We're about to move in. So this is my blood, sweat, and tears of five years. We're getting ready to move in, and it's December. And uh, the CEO of United Way, Fran Weisberg, who was here for two years, uh, announced that she's leaving and my phone starts to blow up. So uh, several notables call me and say, you're gonna think about this. I said, no, 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 I got five, 10 years here. Willow, I got a plan, I can see where I'm not done. I got that, thank you, thank you, no, no, no. So it was about six months of no, um, and some really influential people uh, kept saying, the community needs this, and really the people that you serve at, at Willow could get, they need even more from you and what we can do at United Way. So that was when I started to think about it, but my head was down and that's where I get back to sponsors, people who see something in you that you don't even consider and um, there was a, a concerted campaign apparently <laughs> to try to get me to consider it, uh, which is humbling because I kept saying, absolutely not, that's not where I am, I'm here. I've loved United Way, I've supported United Way, I believe in it, uh, but I wasn't done where I was. So. Um, a, a very uh, well-known person called and said, uh, I guess I had this story, but Colleen Wegman called me and I was driving to like a, I was driving to Dave and Buster's. I'm in my car <laughs> <laughs> and I'm driving to Dave and Buster's to have a staff party for the Willow staff. Um, to thank them for this event and I'm driving and I remember because I kept looking at my microphone being like, who is this in my car? So Colleen Wegman had called and said, "Um, I chair the search committee, I understand you're not applying, just so you know, no hard feelings and we wish you well and I went, wait a minute, did it close? I haven't fully decided. Uh, wait, and wait, so, was she,
0: did you already have her number in your phone or was it just a she random? She just called, no. So it's just, a, so <laughs> she when you found answer,
1: my number. And, so. <laughs> and she says,
0: this is Colleen Wegman, like, are, yeah. you like, are you like?
1: That's why I looked, I have this visual, I looked up at my <laughs> microphone in my car, like who is this? Uh, but very gracious and um, I said, I just wanted to talk to a few other people about what the job really is. And. Um, and what it isn't, because that was really important to me. But apparently they had already closed the application pool, there wasn't, so I said, Let me, give me three days and I will get back to you. And um, I was at Tom Walls with my kids who were eight and 10 and I said, I'm considering this to United Way and my 10 year old son said, um, that's a big deal and I don't know if you have the skills and you can do it, but if you can, why wouldn't you? And I'm thinking they were born and raised, you know, raised on willow, like all the events, all the activities. But he had my number because then it became competitive. <laughs> so all these from the mouths of babes, you know. So that's my son Ben. and so that was kind of it. And I went through the process, and it wasn't an easy process. There's no gimmies here. There was. Stiff competition and uh, I had to present in front of Colleen and 12 other members and had your presentation and all that stuff. How
0: deep is that presentation? It's, yeah, it's, I know. It's a business plan, basically here's my Basic, plan. Basic, yeah. They, I mean, I had,
1: and I, Yeah, it was uh, intensive Do and, they give and you and a hint good. at
0: all of what they're looking for or you just gotta go in blind? You and go
1: and say, in, they wanted just to see how you present uh-huh. and you could pick a topic you're passionate about. So of course I did domestic violence, but then I wove it into what United Way could and should be if I were in the role. Yeah. And a 90-day plan. So that's my unsolicited advice. If you're going for a gig, no matter what role it is, uh, I, I've always come in. You have one interview, if you get to the second or third, I give out a plan of like, this is what I expect I would do in the first 60 to 90 days, only because I want them to see how I think. And uh, I've had a lot of surprise people, but a lot of compliments when that's happened. And I've gotten all the jobs I've applied and have done that because it just helps them see that you're in it. you got to think about it. you got to be self-motivated, self directive. And a lot of it is pretty... Standard. It's gonna learn and listen, right? So it's not even that you have to. It's just showing humility and think and putting it on paper to structure it. So unsolicited. That's what I always say.
0: Did you go home and tell your ten-year-old in your face, pal? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I got the gigs. I got the gigs. Yeah, yeah I can do it. I can do it. Yeah. Jury's still out if I can do it, but yeah, no, I got the job. I got the job.
0: So you, you can. I mean, we can all plan all we want, but we yeah. end up pivoting left and right, right?
1: Left and right. It
0: happens all the time. Yeah. You had a really cool. I'm, I'm dying to hear this story. You've shared it publicly at least yeah. once or twice. I know uh-huh. you did for Rotary, which thank you very much. Uh, you get a call, I don't know how long, has it been a year at this point? Uh, so Are we
1: talking about December? Yes. you talking about like the greatest call of my life? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. Um,
0: you get a phone call. Why don't you go ahead and take it from here? From who and and what does this well, person say? The
1: real story is yeah. I've got an email from an, an email address that I couldn't identify, and my husband, who's very talented on an IT, could not identify, and he went to the dark of the interwebs and couldn't validate what this... In, <laughs> But the email had said, uh, I represent a philanthropist. Uh, I need to speak to you alone.
0: It didn't have her name in there.
1: Nothing. No That's okay. all it said by, in this person's name. But I need to speak to you alone, which is a little odd. And mm. candidly, I get a lot of junk mail. I got a lot of a lot. Um, and it was at 2 a.m., Email from oh. an email I couldn't validate. I got to talk to you. Yeah, yes. so I said no. So I sent yeah. it to people. Couldn't validate it, so I ignored it. Second email comes, and I said something's here. So I have one of my staffers maybe call. They said we can't talk to the staffer. We got to talk to Jamie alone. Wow. And then I still was hesitant. And then I had a national foundation call and say. This person's trying to reach you. Call them back. So as soon as that person said it, I emailed right away. Cleared my schedule at seven o'clock at night, uh, and this person called and she said, um, "We want to. We've been researching you. We know everything about you. We believe in your work uh, at United Way, particularly with COVID, particularly particularly on racial equity, particularly on basic needs, uh, proven outcomes, and we want to give you twenty million dollars from Mackenzie Scott." And I went, "Mackenzie, who?" so i'm googling and at the same time uh in candor i it's been hard you know philanthropy is has been hit hard our nonprofits are suffering uh we froze everyone's salaries here at united way Uh, we didn't have to furlough thank goodness but it was struggling and we didn't know if we were going to make it in terms of supporting the basic needs of this community we were deep in covid response seven days a week and when that call came i wept be, and it was just incredible. And then they said, you can't tell anybody. Oh God! <laughs> so I walk out, I'm working at home, I walk out, my husband sees me sobbing and I said, your spousal privilege, this is what they said, could you find anything about this person? And so he went and looked and he's like, it's either real or the greatest scam ever. Um, so I had to tell my CFO, couldn't say who it was, and then I had to tell the person who sees the money hit the bank and it was there in three days.
0: So, when it gets there, of course, we know it's real. But when you told the CFO, did the CFO go, Jamie, I think maybe we're getting scammed? Yeah, here. we're
1: getting scammed. So I kept going, you don't, I'm like, they can't take money out, right? You yeah, give yeah. them the account, they can put it in, but they can't take it
0: out. You got to be really careful. Because
1: that, I mean, really, we're actually struggling. I feel so terrible. Like, I'm uh, on gift cards and, like, I have employees running to buy me gift cards because they're being scammed by who knows who, you know. Yeah. So it's just a hard time and we didn't believe it. But it came. Uh, it is not part of our annual campaign. So we do need everybody's dollars still. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be transformative. Uh, And it's a shot for this community, and it's a huge responsibility and uh, more to come.
0: Oh, yeah, because then, you know, and this part you probably don't want to comment on, that's fine, but then everyone's calling you saying,
1: hey, remember me?
0: That's right. Right, that's the next step in the thing. And you
1: 20 million dwarfs what just came to this community from the public dollars. So if you look at what came, I keep reminding people, $500 million has come into this town, but everybody does have ideas of how to spend Mackenzie Scott.
0: So let's just talk about Mackenzie Scott out for a second so (laughs) the the thing I've been trying very hard not to the two words I've been trying hard not to say are Jeff Bezos. But uh, yeah. the reason I have to say those two words is because, and you again do not have to pass any any judgment on this. This is just Paul talking. Jamie has no <laughs> idea what I'm about to say. This guy's going to space and she's doing what she, she did. She
1: is doing amazing, what a difference. amazing things. And just to talk about entrepreneurs, she was the 25th employee at Amazon. So as much mm. as they say it's his money, she was there. She oh, was the one yeah. taking the notes and made it happen. Yeah. But she has made the pledge. And candidly, the amount of money she has given out, she has earned it back because the market has been doing really well through COVID. So people did really well or really awful through COVID. So she has disrupted philanthropy. I will say that trust-based philanthropy of taking the onus off of the agencies, you are seeing more of that and you will see more of that from United Way. We just did that for our equity fund. We, We singled out for nonprofits who did not apply but are doing amazing work, under resourced, led black leaders who are doing amazing work at the neighborhood level, research them, partner with them, know everything about them, and said here, because they're doing incredible work. You take the burden off, but you're still they're still accountable, still have to be able to deliver on what you're asking them to do. But it was just it should be our job. To figure that out.
0: Can, can we get nuts and bolts real quick on what yeah. United Way does? Because I, I will admit years ago yeah. that I asked the question at one point, what exactly? What yeah. It, yeah. It's so our
1: greatest problem. Can, 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 <laughs>
0: can, can I get it? Can I just, I'll try to put it very plain language, right? Yeah. I have $100. I want to donate it. Ugh, oh, there's yeah. a million different places I want to give my $100. You know what? United Way has already done all the work. They have vetted every not-for-profit in this yeah. area. They know who needs it most. Here, take my 100 and, and give it out the way that it deserves to be given out. And then also follow up to make sure it was used correctly. Yes. Am I, do I have it right? You're great. That's yes. the job. And okay. our
1: job, uh, similar as when you do investments, for those who do investments, you have a financial advisor who can advise you. You can still do your own investing. So please give to your passionate nonprofits. When you give to United Way, our job is to look at trends. Our job is to know where the needs are. Our job is to make sure there's a return on investment. And we also do. So COVID response, we do. Right now, we're doing 150 volunteers a week at the COVID test sites and vaccination sites Uh, we provide service as well Uh, and now we're in six counties uh, so we're growing uh, but we are very action oriented and your hundred dollars matches with my hundred dollars which matches with their two dollar and it all mushrooms up and it's 30 million a year and I find us we're the people's charity because I'm accountable to the people who give us their investment, their hard-earned dollars, and then we will make sure that it goes where it's needed. It's hard to stay up on all the trends, so you know here we are. Uh, depending on when this runs, but we're looking at the moratoriums are ending within days. Uh, moratoriums on rent and mortgage. Uh, the enhanced unemployment is ending. Stimulus funding is running out. We know the mental health ramifications on our kiddos, uh, particularly the majority who have not seen a classroom since March, 2020, when you're thinking of the city school district in particular, this is gonna get rough. Uh, And so we are mindful in looking at where can we support, Uh, there's also a workforce shortage. Uh, So you've got overstretched nonprofit teams and staff members, high trauma, and we're figuring out where can we support to make sure that everyone has a vested interest in this because we all do.
0: How hard is it for a a charity to get your attention uh, and how hard do they get vetted because I remember in the old radio days once in a while a report would come out of charities where it's like they give 1% of the money and the rest is profit for them. That's How right. difficult is it for someone to get vetted by United Way and become somebody who can yeah. potentially get money for? It?
1: So the, I mentioned there's forty eight hundred nonprofits yeah. in Monroe County uh, and the surrounding counties that goes up. Um, so our we go to uh, to more like larger scale, so a little more sophisticated have the all the checks and balances. Uh, we are learning, like with Mackenzie Scott dollars, that we can have some risk taking in these smaller groups that I mentioned, these smaller nonprofits doing amazing work. But with donor dollars in particular, uh, we are focused on the tried and true, and our team is meeting with them. Even through COVID, we're on site uh, supporting their work. And then we have metrics, we have an evaluation team. So we can say, we invested X, and Y was the outcome. COVID was, again, a healthy learning. So there are silver linings. Um, Boys and Girls Club had to pivot. You know, They couldn't have 200 kids in their building every day. And so they went out into the neighborhoods. They brought basketballs to the kiddos. They brought food. They brought support to the homes. They checked in on the homes. Uh, that means we changed how we funded them. We didn't pay them per kid who's going on site for an after school program, we supported them for supporting families. So we have to be flexible, be nimble. Uh, and of all the evaluation, and I'm trained in data, I'm trained in data evaluation, I got my CGR credential, master, blah, blah, blah. There's a duh factor. <laughs> Feeding kids helps. Making sure they have access to basic needs, that they have ability to connect and social, that just matters. So we're I think the pendulum has swung to a degree that we're now learning and going back to common sense and uh, really investing where we know it makes a difference.
0: Uh, a few weeks ago, you put on Facebook something to the effect of, hey, I got a new job title, <laughs> right? It was, and, and you have, the, yeah. all, the, all the United Ways have merged. Can you yeah. tell, what is that exactly? Yeah,
1: so we're we're walking the walk, which is uh, there's better efficiencies and you can have a greater impact. Uh, and that's where we're headed. So it's been three years. So before COVID, we were having these conversations. When you think about how alike we are, so there's definite differences and unique, uh, uniqueness for each community, each county. Uh, so we have merged uh, officially to become uh, United Way of Greater Rochester and the Finger Lakes uh, six counties Uh, we were doing the back office for many of them uh, but not coordinated on on the front end so if you're a donor and you live in Livingston but you work in Rochester your United Way campaign was in Rochester but you want to give in Livingston because that's where your family is or you want to do both because you care about both communities now you'll have that opportunity before you did not uh, which should be easy and then you have regional employers like a Wegmans or a paycheck checks, and we're like, oh, you got six United Ways you have to work with. It just didn't make any sense in this day and age. So we can make sure that dollars stay local, go to where you care about, and make it easier. Uh, but we did a road show, and I must tell you, we went. To all, we had nine events, three days, six counties, and people have very similar challenges. We all want safe, healthy, vibrant communities. We want opportunities for our kids. We want our aging parents to be safe and have dignity, and that is where we can learn from each other and really support as a system.
0: I ask you personal advice. Now yeah. I'm just being selfish, yeah. taking the opportunity uh-huh. to ask you a question. I struggle with work-life balance, personally. Mm. Bad, right? I'm trying to grow. I've got two businesses. I'm trying to grow them. So it's amazing. 24-7. Yep. And if I'm not careful, and I fail at this all the time, but if I'm not careful, I can become a slave to the yeah. text, email, phone calls, voicemails, right? Yep. How do you manage to Uh, here's what I do, right? I'm at work, I feel guilty that I'm not at home. I'm at home, I feel guilty that I'm not at work. Can you relate Mm -hmm. to that at all, or Mm -hmm. is that just a me problem?
1: It's not a you problem. Uh, So I don't think work-life balance is real. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's integration, and that's where it goes back to passion. And I don't mean to say that from a place of uh, being uh, not as, as straight shooting, that I just love what I do, so it's not work for me. Uh, and I imagine that's with you. It's a passion project, but you don't want to have your your kids. So yeah, my kid yeah. in kindergarten drew my mom picture and I had a laptop and a glass of wine um, in <laughs> the mom awesome. picture. Your kid has
0: your number. It really does. <laughs> so,
1: and I thought, that is me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm fortunate. So I my partner, my husband of 19 years is a stay-at-home parent. He's the yeah. primary parent. It's hard being a stay-at-home dad still. There's only 20% are stay-at-home dads. Yeah. But now parents know the play date should be coordinated through him, not me because yeah, it'll yeah. take a while. <laughs> um, but it, I think you need for those in positions of leadership, it is a team effort. I think um, single parents are heroes. I have no idea how they do it. Uh, you got to have a support bench. Um, yeah. And I would say we respect each other deeply. So my husband and I, at, we would have family dinner. He's the cook, uh, thankfully. And uh, we would, he toast and he'd say, thanks for working, mom. I'd say, thanks for working, dad, so that the kids know. No, we're not choosing them we're not choosing work over them. It's all part of it. Yeah. And, um, oh, and communicating advice. it because I've never heard
0: it explained this way before. This makes all the sense it, in the well, world. It yeah.
1: matters. Um, yeah. and yet you're you gotta spend time. So um, I don't have it figured out. You know, I some days I'm I think I'm a really great mom and other times I'm not so great at it, and same as being a boss, it's the same. I try um, to be as present and human and recognize it i try to demonstrate humility and vulnerability because i think that matters to my team uh i'm not gonna i just said today to my team uh last thursday after the update on covid um i wept like i was so sad about the rates going up i was so sad at the potential that our kiddos couldn't go back to school for five days which i'm not giving any late breaking news like who knows but there's a the fact that we don't know yet Mm. and it's solvable i just felt the weight of my family i felt the weight of the community and I think you just have to try uh, to be honest about it. And I'll say that to my kids. And my husband says I over-explain. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm a, teen- you know, they're teenagers, so they don't want to necessarily uh, spend as much time. But being present matters. Yeah.
0: Well, can I tell you, can I be, can I give you a vulnerable moment? Yeah. For me? Here's something that happens. It happens, and is so ugly. Yeah. I hate that this happens, but it happens. And every time it happens, I go, I have to do better. And that is, we're home. We've had family dinner. We're sitting in the living room. We're having some family time. Yeah. And I see out of the corner of my eye uh. the text from the client, right? Oh, the client. Yeah. Oh, okay, the client needs to know this real quick. Oh, let me grab my <laughs> phone. Let me just let me just text him back real quick. It's just a quick answer. That's right. And then all of a sudden I feel the tap 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 on my knee and my three year old's trying to show me something. Oh uh, yeah. And my and my head's in the phone.
1: Yeah. And I go,
0: Oh no. And oh, then no. you
1: blink, and they're thirteen or fifteen. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. What uh, another wonderful person in my life said: you, as a parent, you get the emotional candy till they're ten, and by that, you, you kind of get it, like they think you're the most amazing thing, and yeah. they want to be around you, and they want the, like, your approval, and they care about. And then it's all about the friends and less about you. So when you cross that threshold, I was like, oh no, my friends, we're going to be my kids, and I are going to be so close. It's part of that independence, and I miss it. <laughs> so then you have withdrawal. (laughs) as a parent Uh, but being present matters um and just leading by example i have a a apple watch so i get those texts on my wrist Mm -hmm. so one would say i'm chained to it the other is that i can look at it and then see what i have to prioritize right
0: and you know the difference between this honestly is an honest to god emergency yeah which to be if we're being honest those are rare right those are rare the honest to god emergency that does require my attention right now. at willow
1: i slept with my phone because you never knew and the police would call and there would be something tragic there's should not be that at United Way yeah. um, and in other circumstances. I also learned, I, I am up early, at my teenager's sleeping I get my emails done on the weekend, and it took me a bit to, re- my team would respond to me. So I had to be really clear, I do not need you, I, if I need you on a weekend, I will call you or text you, but I just need to clean out, I get 400 plus emails a day, I just need to clean it all out, and that's my time, but I don't expect you to do that they can say, yep, I hear you, but they still are responding. So then it's the delivery delay just so I can make sure that they Oh, that's they also so smart,
0: too. It takes time. I've received that feedback. We're almost out of time. <laughs> I've received that, what you were just saying, yeah. you just, it triggered me so much because yeah. I did, I, you know, I'm 24-7 and there's been times right. before where I'll text somebody something and employ something and then I'll realize it is 6 a.m. on Saturday morning <laughs> right now and they do not want to hear from you. And
1: you are to go. Yeah, I'm raring <laughs> to go but then you're right, like they'll text me back text you, and Matt. then I
0: might, I, and I have received, one of my employees gave me feedback, which I'm grateful for one time, and said... I don't love waking up to the urgent text <laughs> on Saturday morning, you know, like we spent the whole week together, man. Right. Can it wait Good till point. Monday. And That's I'm right.
1: Like, Delivery delay takes training. I will also say feedback was, could you do it for Sunday night? Because on Monday morning, like at seven, it goes brrp, and all of their <laughs> inboxes fill up with <laughs> yeah. the Jamie emails, like, cause I delayed them. So there's no, there's no right answer. We just do the best that, best that we can.
0: All right. You got to go. You got a big meeting. I do. But
1: right. thanks for the time just to, to talk. Oh my God.
0: Thank you for the time. And also if mm-hmm. we could just say, thank you for the niece because Mave is, is she is pretty spectacular she is who you will meet if you come to our googly almost sauce tent at any of the local events and happens to be yeah. your niece yes and came my way i believe because of you well because i do know her mother on, a you
1: posted on facebook and yeah. said i'm looking for and yeah our job is to connect and are you kidding and she just is, adores you talk I adore about entrepreneur. her well just learning from you and the passion she lit she lights up hearing you talk about your work and Ah, that is inspiring so people listen i guess my message is people are watching and listening and you never know who you're going to inspire next
0: jamie saunders thank you so much
1: thank you